have that tummy ache If you want reviews to make you laugh Listen to the Meteor Theater Podcast And think about your favorite movies I don't like the one with Nicolas Cage and the bees Hey guys, David, Andrew, Ryan, and Chase here, and we're just going to recap our experience at South by Southwest. We left last Thursday, and then we came back Monday. We got to see a lot of great movies and go to a lot of panels, and we're just going to recap our experience and give some mini-reviews for the movies that we saw. Firstly, on Friday, I believe, the first movie, the opening one for South by Southwest was Us, directed by Jordan Peele, starring Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, Tim Heidecker, and many others. I know um, the critical reaction to this has been great. It has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Um, I feel a little bit differently. I think it's uh, not quite as good as Get Out, and I think Jordan Peele took on a little bit more than he could handle in this one. But um, Ryan, what do you think about Us? Uh, I like Us. Um, it's good. It's not great or like fantastic. It's good. Uh, it, a lot of people initially are comparing it to his first film, Get Out, which is incredibly different. Um, it's incredibly different from Get Out. And it's it's good from like a horror standpoint. It gets very weird. It, toward the end, I consider it like, like a 90-minute Twilight Zone episode. Other than that, uh, I had fun with it. Uh, the cast was great. It had a surprising amount of humor, and not not everything hits bullseyes. But I'm I'm very happy I watched it, and I do need to see it again. There's a lot of like context that I need to look into more, and then I'll see it again on on second view. Andrew, um, this was the one move that I was the most nervous about, not in the sense of the quality, but like I was just I'm not a horror guy, so like. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been, like, my first foray into horror, and I was kind of freaking out, but, like, the movie is not as scary as you think it'd be, but overall, I think it's a solid sophomore movie after Get Out. Um, it is going to require multiple viewings just because, um, first of all, we sat, like, at the very top of the at the very top of the Paramount Theater, so you couldn't really see much, but um, other than that, it's a solid, solid movie. Chase? I probably won't say anything different from what Ryan, Andrew, and David, well, they said, but um, this movie I actually really, really liked. It had me on the edge of my seat uh, during a lot of scenes. Um, some of the acting can have been changed a little bit, but uh, it was that's just kind of a nitpick. But um, also, uh, this film, I actually do need to see multiple times because, like, it's not one of those movies where you can just, like, instantly make an assumption if, like, it's good or not, like, as soon as you leave the theater, because it has you thinking a lot, and, um, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, very hidden, like, uh, hidden messages in the film, and, yeah, I definitely need to watch it again, just for more clarification. Yeah, uh, I didn't like this one that much. I, I had very, I had a lot of problems with it. It's been about a week since I've seen it, and I haven't thought about it too much, so some of the more nitpicky things that I had... It's kind of escaped my mind. I don't really remember the little... And plus, that would be kind of spoiler territory if I went really into the things I didn't like. I believe the ending... Uh, I, I saw it coming, which I never see endings coming, but I did see this one coming. And then the more I thought about it, the less it really 
made sense. And there were a lot of things um, that Jordan, I'm not going to spoil what Jordan wants you to get from this movie because he explained it after the movie, what he wanted the audience to see or what he wanted the audience to feel after the movie. But I just don't think that the message that he was trying to portray was portrayed very well by the movie. And I think the message kind of got lost with trying to be a really psychological, smart, ahead of the curve type movie. Also, in terms of acting, I think Lupita Nyong'o, for the most part, is really, really great. But then they have this scene where she's in her or her alternate personality, and sometimes I think it goes a little bit overboard. Um, and then Winston Duke, and it, feel, it feels weird for me to say, I just don't think he was that good in this movie. Um, I thought as, he was good. I thought he was a ton of fun. Uh, he, definitely a good comic relief. I think in the exactly in the horror movie, like you do want some kind of comic relief character, and I think Winston Duke fills that maybe a little bit too much because some of the humor in here is very kind of like off tone from what the movie's trying to do. Yeah. Maybe a uh, so like you you want humor to cut the tension, but maybe it cut a little bit too much and it kind of leaned into like a straight comedy. Yeah, um, for a horror film, and I was happy that there was comedy, like because Jordan like came from comedy and like he's a very funny man. Um, but, you know, you got to find that balance. I thought it had a little bit too much humor for a horror film for my taste, but I still have fun with it. Also, um, another thing that I didn't like too much, and I know I'm in the minority because I see a lot of people raving about the soundtrack and the score, but it really took away from the movie for me, especially when he would play, like, more pop or rap-type music in, like, a very scary and, like, thrilling scene. It kind of just took the tension away from the whole scene for me and just made it kind of lackluster. I was I I don't watch too many horror films. I am usually pretty scared by those things, but I didn't I don't think I was ever even tense. At like eighth grade I was more tense during that movie than I was at any time during us. So I just because I saw a lot of reviews saying it was terrifying, blah 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 blah. And I just I don't agree with that. And there are there are other things that I didn't like too much about this movie. I would probably give it uh, a B minus, maybe like a like a eighty two. What about y'all? I'd give it a probably an A minus. Mm. A minus. Mm. I give it a B plus. I liked it. I like Get Out better, um, but still a good sophomore film. It'll give you the creeps. And that's what um, that was the first movie that we watched on Thursday, and then we uh, got in line and watched the pilot episode of the oh. FX show What We Do in the Shadows, directed by or the pilot was directed by Taika Waititi and Jermaine. No, Clement. I did not go to this. I'll yes, guess. Ryan did not, but um, me, Andrew, and Chase did, and it stars a lot of people who I don't know. Ian but... Feldstein from a movie later on that we'll talk about. Oh yeah, um, she is in that for a second. <laughs> Uh, other than that, it's a lot of um, kind of up and coming, maybe up and coming actors or maybe actors we haven't seen in the U.S. very often because these are a lot of European, like kind of like British actors. So. Yeah, like Matt Berry, who is a star on the show, he was a voice actor in the second SpongeBob movie as the <laughs> Dolphin. But I have heard his voice in um, multiple com- comedic shows. So what we do in the shadows, it uh, it was funny. Um, it's it's not a show that I don't th- I think we'll I'll ever watch but uh the pilot was pretty consistently funny there were a few there were a few times that I giggled um I think Taika and Jermaine are funnier than the show is so the Q&A afterwards and their introduction beforehand was funnier than I think anything in the show but there is one thing in the show called the 
emotion vampire energy. or energy oh, vampire, yeah. Oh, yeah. which I think was by far the funniest part of the show, and that Speak, actually made me laugh. Speaking of which, there was a energy. I thought there was energy vampire in my first period class because I could not stay up during <laughs> that. Mark. Andrew, what do you think? So, um, first off, if this is this TV show is based on the original like mockumentary that Taika and Jermaine created, what we do in the shadows. Um, I thought it was a really just because I think I'm the only one here who's seen the actual mockumentary. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is a mm-hmm. it falls very much in line with the style of the movie, and it is, I thought it was absolutely hysterical. You know, the energy vampire was the standout, and then it given that it was the pilot, we there are some character ends that we want to see move on, like. Beanie Feldstein, she plays a LARP. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, other than that, it, do- it doesn't premiere for a while, but um, solid okay. episodic premiere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would, I, yeah, I don't have too much to say about this one. I had never seen or heard anything about this project, so I came into it fresh, and it was a solid premiere, and I think, it'll, I hope it'll do well for FX. So I'll give it a, a B plus. Chase? I- I saw, well, I think seeing this with a huge crowd kind of enhanced the experience because, like, you don't really go to the movie, well, you don't at all go to the movies to see, like, TV show, TV episodes, and seeing this with, like, a full crowd with over, like, a thousand people, uh, it made the experience a lot better, like, you, like, it got some really hard laughs out of, like, every, like, comedic attempt it did, and, um, yeah, it seems like, I... I don't think I'll watch this show a lot more because, like, I mean, I will check it out, but, like, I probably won't, like, stick with it because, um, uh, it just seems like I have to be in the mood to watch it, and, um, I don't know. Like, maybe if this show gets a little bit more interesting, maybe it'll go, like, a Doctor Who route and, like, you know, get a really big fan base, but, um, other than that, I think I'll give it, like, a... A B plus. Andrew, what's your grade? I'm gonna give it a an A, just because I, you know, the fact that I've seen the movie and it follows very much in line with stuff. I thought it was absolutely hysterical. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see where the rest of the show goes. That was it for Thursday. What What were you Friday. doing? Uh, or that was Friday. Yeah. What were you doing, Ryan? While uh, we were there, there was a comedy show on Sixth Street, and after seeing us, I'm like, you know what? Like, I need a laugh. Um, and I guess I could have stayed for uh, what we do in the shadows, but I didn't know. A lot about it, so um, I went to a comedy show with uh, Fizzy Phillips, um, Paula Feinstein, and a few others, and I had a good time. It was funny. Yeah, and then that brings us to Saturday, which was um, a full day, I know, for me and Chase. <laughs> um, we, me and, the first thing we did was we went to, oh, the Rotten Tomatoes Your Opinion Sucks panel. Yeah. So that was fun. It was hosted by uh, Mark Ellis and had three... Critics, uh, it was Scott Mance and two people's names who escape me right now. But that was a that was a fun panel. We learned um, just gotcha. critics and you know the audience just you know fighting it out over certain movies like Stars Born. One person said Finding Dory was better than Finding Nemo. So that was a that was a fun discussion. Also, yeah. the cast of uh, um, Good. Oh, no. uh, I forget its name, but Mark Maron is in it. Sort of Trust. Uh, they were there, yeah. and so Mark Marin and the rest of that cast was there, and then also the director of Rise of Planet of the Apes was there for and his movie Captive State. So, Jillian Bell was there, too, yeah. for those who know her. So. so that was a fun panel. Got to see different viewpoints on a lot of different movies and see how to how to argue in a constructive way and keep everything civil. What were you all doing while we were there? Uh, Ryan and I, while well, well, David and Chase were at the Ryan Smith's panel, we were at the panel talking about 
title cards, like especially for like Netflix shows, and like so designing title sequence for binge worthy television. And they were the panelists. They were talking about how like the, this age of like binge watching, you kind of just skip over that minute and a half of uh, that really nice like Game of Thrones. Like it has a really fancy title card, for, like a minute and a half. Yeah, people just skip over that, or like Narcos, you skip over that to get into the episode. And they're talking about how it is kind of a battle right now. It's either do we really put the effort into like making these really nice title cards yeah. that people are just going to skip over or do we just commit to it? You know, this is our craft and we want to encourage people to watch it. Yeah, and it, like, it kind of makes you like think like, oh, maybe I shouldn't uh, hit the skip ad. Like, in all honesty, like you shouldn't because like these artists, they put like a lot of time and effort to make something uh, cohesive and they were talking about everything in a title sequence has to marry together, like the music, colors, and graphics, um, but it has to get to what the core, like like, what the core of the show is all about. Um, I thought it was really interesting how they talked about that, their autistic process, um, <laughs> and it was just really eye-opening, especially, like, because I'm a graphic design major, and I want to do stuff, I would love to do stuff like that, so that was very important. Yeah, so, I think after that panel, me and Brian, we kind of agreed, we're never going to skip the title sequence ever again. No. Out of respect for these artists <laughs> yeah. and the work they put into these. Just don't hit the skip ad. Skip, like, well, skip except, intro. like, if you're on Twitter, like, so you can skip the ad. So skip like, intro. Yeah, skip the yeah. intro, skip the intro. Um, we, uh, me and Chase went walking around seeing all the different um, booths after we finished that photo. And we went, ended up in the Twitter house, yeah. I believe, and we saw a bit of Henry Winkler's um, acting improv session, which was, which was really fun. Yeah. He was just going through and they would take people from the crowd and they would do improv scenes so it's funny or it's it was fun to see like someone who's so legendary and such a master of his craft just up there working and then just kind of even teaching some of the people up there and we we got pretty close to him got a picture of him so that's yeah. cool and then Anita Dobrev was there also just randomly uh, yeah. and I don't remember what we then after did that after I went that. to the Bumble house yeah, and then we went to a Bumble house, and then we saw um, Olivia Wilde, Caitlin Deaver, and Beanie Feldstein talk about Booksmart for a second, but um, we'll talk about Booksmart a little bit later, because that was the last movie that we saw. Yeah. Um, and then we watched Beach Bum. Yeah. Um, uh, it's starring Matthew McConaughey, uh, Isla Fisher, Martin Lawrence, Jonah Hill, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Um, Zach Efron. Yeah, Zach Efron. Um, and it was directed by... Harmony Corinne. Harmony Corinne, who did what Spring Breakers. forget Jimmy Buffett's also. And Jimmy Buffett. Um, actually, pretty prominently Jimmy Buffett. Um, yeah, yeah, this movie's awful. I, I don't understand <laughs> how this movie got made in 2018. The message of the movie terrible. seems to be like, if you're talented and people like you... You can be as bad to anyone as you need to be, and it's okay. And I genuinely think that's the message of the movie. He, he came up there after, and he said something like, oh, this movie's just about achieving your bliss, and blah, blah, and it, but it's not. It, Matthew McConaughey is bad to everyone the entire time, but they love him anyway because he's smart. And it's just, it wasn't funny at all. Um, I haven't seen Spring Breakers, but I hear that one's actually has dark. That one's actually dark and has some messages. This one just doesn't. It's it's bad. Um, Chase, do you think anything differently? Uh, I mean, it got like it was. I did think it was bad, but I can't like hold it against the fact that it did get like one or two laughs out of me just because of how absurd this movie is. Like, there was a about to go into the spoiler. I mean. 
if you're if you if you're about to see it or if you're planning on seeing it, then cover your ears. But like, um, there's a point in this movie where Martin Lawrence gets his foot bitten off by a shark, and after all that stuff happens, like Martin Lawrence isn't like like pissed off at like Matthew McConaughey for saying like that looks like or like alerting him that that even looks close to a shark. And, like, while he's, like, about to go to the ER, he just, like, Matthew McConaughey literally hands him his foot. And they just laugh until the scene ends, and it just goes on. And, I don't know, it's just... I will say, the Martin Lawrence scene was funny. It was funny. That was the only redeeming thing about this film. I would give it a D-. minus. What about you, Chase? I'd just give it a D. It's, (laughs) It's, I mean, it made me laugh. And that's fine, but yeah. I would not watch this again. Andrew Ryan, what were y'all doing while we were watching Beach Bum? Um, so I went to a podcast recording with two of the writers from Late Night with Seth Meyers, Jenny Hagel and Amber Ruffin. Um, their, the really topic about their podcast was talking about like failing in the world of comedy. So like they brought up a lot of their jokes and a lot of their like sketches that were just rejected during like the writing process for Late Night. And so they did two of the sketches, and it's kind of obvious when you figure out why these things were rejected for the first, in the first place, but other than that, there's some really solid jokes in there that probably might have stayed in, but um, it was really funny, uh, really good stuff about learning about failure and coming back from that. Uh, I went to a Simpsons writers panel with uh, Al Jean, who's been with The Simpsons for years, and, and it was with him, who he's a writer and showrunner, and his wife, uh, Stephanie Gillis, I think that's how you pronounce her name, um, and they talked about the, the writing process in regards to making uh, television and some of, and some like secrets behind some of their like best jokes. Mm-hmm. And one thing I thought was really cool that in one of my favorite episodes, um, Ralph gets a Valentine's card from Lisa that says, "I yeah. choose you, choose you." And then uh, he held up his wedding ring that he gave to his wife, Stephanie, and Al has it on his as well, and it says, I choo-choo-choose you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and I thought that was cool. Um, and, being, and being a Simpsons fan, like, it was, it was, it was really cool to see. So then after that, we all convened at um, Longshots, and this Longshot is starring, yeah, it's, it's starring crazy. Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, and as well as... Uh, was there anyone? Oh, Shea Jackson, yeah, Jackson, Jackson Jr. Jr. Andy Andrew. Circus, if you can recognize him. No, oh, I didn't. No, Andy yeah. Circus is in the movie. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was a uh, Wembley, the uh, the guy that bought that bought out the company that Seth Rogen. Spoilers. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that's not really spoilers. Not spoilers. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that was him. That that's was Andy him. Circus. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, no CG, just all prosthetic makeup. Oh, oh and, my uh, God. and uh, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk yeah, and. Bob. Boys to Men, which we'll Boys talk about a little. Men. We'll talk about a little later. So, yeah. in terms of the, I forget who directed this one. Um, Jonathan Levine directed Longshot. He's come from Fifty Fifty. If you recognize, mm-hmm. if you remember that movie, Joseph Gordon-Levitt diagnosed with cancer. Uh, um, he also did Snatched and uh, Warm Bodies. And yeah. the night before. Yeah. So okay. the premise of Longshot is so Seth Rogen is this journalist who's kind of self-righteous and like stuck in his own ways, um, and then there's Charlie Theron who is the United States Secretary of State, and she's running for president. So Charlize Theron's character needs a speechwriter, and so she hires Seth Rogen, who... They tra- know each other. They know each other because Charlize Theron's character used to babysit him. And then, you know, it is a political romantic comedy, the first of its kind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, she hires him, and kind of a romance ensues. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ryan, what, do you, what did you think? 
thought they had great chemistry. Um, does every joke hit a bullseye? No, but it's pretty darn close. Uh, especially with uh, Osage Ashton Jr. He steals every scene that he's in. Um, and I thought, God, I don't know what to say about it because it was that good. Um, I just, I'm just really looking forward to everybody seeing it when it comes out in May 3rd. Uh, yeah, Charlize and Seth had good chemistry and it's a very different film and I loved it. Andrew? I, I absolutely love this movie. I thought it was really smart comedy. It was mm-hmm. every joke hit to some form, like not like just, you know, like laughing out of my seat and falling out of my seat, but like eliciting some kind of reaction yeah. like, every single time. The guy next to me probably could calm down a little bit. But, they uh, had free drinks at this thing. Yeah, free, so, yeah, yeah, free drinks. He, he, he used all that. He was probably plastered. But um, other than that, um, really great performance all the way around. There are... Um, there's some like kind of good messages in there, I'd say. There are. Yeah. But on that great comedy, probably, I think, will be the best of the year. Well, no. Well, it wasn't even the best comedy of South by Southwest. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> hold up. The best, the best maybe, like, main, like... Best mainstream. Mainstream or blockbuster uh-huh. comedy. And then, Wait, would you count this as a romantic comedy? It's, yeah, it's, a, rom- it's a romantic comedy. I would count this as a romantic comedy. For yeah. sure. Okay, yeah, then best romantic comedy... Or comedy? Yeah, probably. Comedy. And it was very cool to see Charlie Theron in a role like this, because like you see her in like some gritty, yeah. like serious roles, and then this one, you could just tell like she's they were like, having fun. Yeah, like, at I the, want to see more roles. From at her the Q and A afterward, um, well, not really Q and A, but after the discussion afterwards, Charlie Theron was like, "All my characters are either you know killed, assaulted, or like injured in some shape or form." So it's, like, kind of a nice change of pace for her and for the audience. That like, oh, she's having a good time with this. Yeah. yeah. Chase, what did you think of this movie? I thought it was good. Um, it, well, to me, it seemed not too different, but kind of a little different from most of Seth Rogen's films. Charlie's Their Own was pretty as usual, but also really, really good in this film. Uh, Seth Rogen, his acting was really, really, I mean, as usual, it was really, really good. But the comedy, it was, uh, it was really good for me. Like, every single, like Andrew said, every single scene had, like, a genuine reaction from me. And, um... Most of the funny parts that I believe were with O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Seth Rogen, which were, uh, yeah, they got all of their chemistry scenes got like a laugh out of me, and I like this film. Uh, for this one, I, it's a, it's a Seth Rogen movie. I think it falls in line with most other Seth Rogen comedies, maybe a little bit funnier, maybe a little bit of a better message, but I think he was himself. I don't think he yeah. reinvents the wheel or anything with this role, but I think Charlize Theron... Um, lifts the movie with her acting and her performance, and then O'Shea Jackson Jr. really does steal every single scene that he's in. Uh, Charlize Theron has two assistants that I... They were on and off. Some of, sometimes they really worked, sometimes they really didn't. But I always have to think, I mean, being in the room with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron is obviously going to enhance the movie for us. So I think it's going to do well in theaters. I do think it's a funny movie, but I would be cautious. But it, it was... Yeah, it was very funny. I think it's going to be one of the best comedies to come out this year. I would call Booksmart, which we're going to talk later, a mainstream comedy, so I think that's the best one that's going to come out this year. Mm-hmm. But Longshot was funny. It was. It had a good message. It was well-written. It was well-directed. It was well-acted. And it's just a solid movie. I would give it... Or Actually, before we go ahead and give it our grades, after the screening, um, Boys mm-hmm. to Men, who's in the movie for... for uh, like a, a, a performance. A, a pivotal scene. Yeah. yeah it was pretty Yeah. They were in there for a little bit, but then after the movie, instead of in lieu of the Q and A, which they usually do with the actors and director, 
Boys to Men actually came out and gave us a private concert after the movie. And me and Chase were in the front row. Yeah. Um, you can catch us on Seth Rogen's Instagram if you look really hard. <laughs> like, um, he's on his, we're on his Twitter, and like we're on the second oh, yeah. and fourth images. <laughs> and you could literally, yeah... But yeah, that was that was so that was so much fun. They were giving out roses to all of the women in the crowd because it was the day after International Women's Day, or those yeah, the day after International Women's Day. So yeah, Boys to Men was quite amazing. It was so surreal. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. As well, it's like, like well, I really don't have a Q and A, so here's Boys to Men. We're like, what? And yeah. it just popped out. We were like, like we were. It was a time of our lives. Like, like, part of our lives. Part of the greatest, the greatest night for us while during our um, time in Austin. Oh like, yeah. When I heard that they didn't have a Q and A, I was kind of. Like, not because I really wanted to ask Charlize Theron, like, a question. But then, like, all of a sudden, they were just, like, they were announcing something. And I was, like, they better not do this. And mm-hmm. then, like, they said, voice them in. Then all of a sudden, as soon as they came out, like, everybody, including me, jumped out of their <laughs> seat. And they started just, like, cheering them on. And that night was so surreal. Like, yeah, so that was that was a great night, a little midnight voice to men concert. They did I'll Make Love to You and um, Motown Philly. Mm-hmm. Um when so, they were passing out roses for the, um, for I'll Make Love to You, I kept having to, like, dodge my head because I'm like, I don't want to catch a rose because this is, like, this is for the ladies. And I had to, like, dodge my head, like, two or three I seconds. was in the first row, and I was trying to take a rose, and home dude would not give it to me, um, yeah. rightfully. <laughs> he eyed me, and I was just like, uh, no. <laughs> um, but that was really fun, and that was the end of our Saturday. And then Sunday, uh... I, I watched three movies back-to-back-to-back to back to back on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to any panels. Uh, did y'all go to any panels? Yes. Um, I went to the Art of Movie Posters, and I thought, first of all, I thought that was very beneficial for me because I have to make movie posters for Meteor Theater, and also I would love to do that as a career. Um, that was really interesting, and Andrew and I went to a Pixar panel with uh, three artists from... Pixar, and we learned about um, some of their like uh, artistic. How would you say it? Andrew? Process. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like the artistic process, especially with um, they really focused on uh, screen slaver from Incredibles two, and they talked about like how they made costumes, uh, graphic design, and like and the small. actual character design themselves. And, yeah. and the set designs. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah, it was like really cool to get a peek behind the curtain of, of Pixar, which is which is always a good time. Uh, well, Ryan was at the movie posters panel. I went to the um, panel about talking about production design and creating worlds. So production design is like it's what the movie is set in. It's how these artists like create that world. So like the production designer for Longshot was there as well, along with the artist self defense, Yes God Yes, and Daniel isn't real. So they talked about like the process how. Their production designers are the first ones to come on board with a new movie, and from that point, they have control as to how, in collaboration with the director, how they want to build out flesh, and flesh out this world. Right. So for Longshot, when the movie comes out, there is a prominent red, red, white, and blue um, theme with each kind of act of the film, I guess, and after seeing that, oh, going back, to, oh, okay, now I see the white, I see the red, and then I see the blue where it's coming from. And then, like Ryan said, um, met up with them after we went to the Pixar panel, their character designer, set designer, and their graphic designer were there. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. And while, yeah. while they went to that, I went to see the last three episodes of Broad City. Um, those are really funny. I haven't seen, like, many episodes of Broad City, but I've seen maybe, like, one or two episodes just to get, like, the genuine feel of it. And, um, yeah, the show was really funny. The last three episodes are, are 
very, very hilarious. Like, um, they're... I can't spoil much because, like, um, they told me... I think I, uh, they told us not to spoil it before um, uh, the, the episode's release on Comedy Central, but um, there are three really good adventures, and all three episodes work together really well, so it kind of fe feels like you're watching a movie, like Broad City the movie, and uh, it's really cool. And um, got to do a Q&A with the cast, and uh, Hannibal Burris made a surprise appearance. Even though he hasn't showed up in the episode in this show since like the first early seasons, but yeah, what would, what would you give that for a grade? The last three episodes. Um, I would give them, um, yeah, I would give them a minus because they all really did make me laugh a lot, and um, it's very relatable to how uh, certain friendships are in real life. Yeah, and while you were watching that, I was watching the Art of Self Defense. It's uh. It stars Jesse Eisenberg, Imogen Poots, I believe, and, oh, I'm going to blank on his name. Um, but it's a very funny, oh, yeah, I'll bring up his name a little bit later. But it's a very funny, very well-written, very well-directed movie. Um, his name was Alessandro Nivola. That's what, his, that's what his name is. And it's directed by Riley Stearns. And this movie is about um, Jesse Eisenberg. He gets uh, mugged by his house, and so he decides to join a karate dojo, um, which is led by Alessandro Nivola, who's the sensei, and then it's just kind of their relationship, and, um, and it just kind of gets more intense, and it's kind of about, like, cult culture and, like, um, male culture and everything like that, and it's extremely funny. Probably the most consistently funny movie that I saw at South by Southwest, it had me laughing out loud at some points. The acting is amazing all the way through. Nothing is forced. It's very well edited. It's a really solid movie. Um, I really hope people can see this one when it comes out because it is a smaller movie. It doesn't have too many named name brand stars besides Jesse Eisenberg. But there's really not too much to say about it. It's just really, really funny. And I would give it, I would give it an A. It's a, it's a really good movie. It was nice seeing the whole cast and the director up there after that. And... Yeah, it was just an all-around solid experience. And then after that, Chase, you saw Olympic Dreams, right? Yeah, Olympic Dreams was a, a somewhat... I'm not sure what to call it. It was a drama, but it was also like a comedy, sort of, because Nick Kroll's in there. But it wasn't like, you know, an actual comedy where, like, every other second is just jokes. It's like every, like every once in a while, like, someone would say something funny or something would happen. But, um... Uh, this movie was probably one of my, if not my favorite um, film to come out from South By because, like, it's one of the only, it's probably the first film to be shot on the actual, like, Olympics, like, uh, arena, like, Olympics area, and it was really, really cool. I loved it a lot. The acting was really, really good from, oh, by the way, the director and, um, the direct, one of the director's is actually the co-star of the film. She did really, really good. Um, Nick Kroll was really funny in this one. It's kind of weird because, like, I've seen him mostly in comedies, and to see him in this drama, or, like, sort of comedy, I guess, was really, really funny. Um, their chemistry was really good. It was kind of off-putting but because of the age difference, but, I mean, you kind of forget about that after a while, and um, because the story, like, works together to, you know, make it work, I guess. 
and um, I loved it. It was really heartfelt. The music was great. Um, the cinematography was also really good. Um, yeah, and also I related to the character, um, Alexi, Alex, yeah, Alexi's character really well, because, uh, yeah. What so, grade would you give it? I would give it an A. Um, also, going back to Art of Self-Defense, I forgot to mention this, but I think it's really interesting. Jesse Eisenberg was, has a very full schedule, of course, because he's a star. So as soon as he signed on to the movie, two months later, they had to shoot it because that was the only time that would go on his schedule. And then Alessandro Nivola, who gives, I think, one of the best deadpan performances in a comedy that I've seen in a really long time, had two days to prepare for the role really? because he accepted the role and then three days later, he had to go and shoot it. So I think... An absolutely phenomenal performance from him, and I, I hope it gets considered around the Academy Awards season next year. It won't be, but I really, I hope people see The Art of Self-Defense. It's a really good movie. But then the last movie that we all saw, we saw together, was um, Olivia Wilde's Booksmart. The trailer just came out a few days ago, or yesterday. Um, yesterday. And um, it stars Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein, along with a lot of young, up-and-coming actors, and Jason Sudeikis, uh... Will Forte and uh, yeah, and Jessica it, Williams as well. Yeah, and Booksmart. Actually, before I talk about, it, I'll let Ryan talk about it first. What did you think about Booksmart? Uh, I adore this film. I cannot praise this enough. It was funny. It was touching. It was really relatable um, on uh, a lot of things. Especially, I'm trying. I don't want to give anything away, but. Uh, it's essentially about uh, two people who they mainly just like you know focus on school to get into college. They think that's the only thing, and they, if you don't focus on anything else, then you just like won't go anywhere in life. But in reality, that's not the case, and uh, that and that I kind of related to, and that was very touching and personal for me. And I thought the comedy was great. <laughs> there, uh, there's a few scenes I don't want to give away, but. Um, <laughs> But I was I was laughing like out loud the whole time. Uh, Billy Lord, I love you. Um, yeah. Your character is my spirit animal. Uh, and one cool thing is that this is Olivia Wilde's first movie, and you really can't tell. Like it looks like it seems like she's been like directing her whole life, and this is like her hundredth film. Uh, fantastic! I loved it. Andrew, yeah, definitely. A lot. I'm agree with a lot of Ryan said. Like uh, for a directorial debut, it doesn't feel like one. It no. feels like she's been doing is like. She's 20 movies in. Yeah. And it's, it's absolutely fantastic, you know. And this is a very female-centric story. Like, a lot of the actual crew are, are um, women. So, you know, Olivia Wilde, the producer, four female screenwriters, and then... The editor. The editor, and then the music supervisor yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. This has a banging soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack's <laughs> awesome. And then, you know, you have your two female leads. And it was, it's even though, like, the cast is female, like, it's relatable to, like, anyone, really. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I was, like, Brian, I was, like, a kid in high school, like... All they did was really focus on school, and then I tried to cram everything the night before graduation, you know, have a lot of fun, but yeah. it didn't really pan out, but, you know, yeah. Nah. yeah. Uh, but other than that, great performances by Beanie Felstein. She is an up-and-coming. I first saw her in Neighbors 2. She was great in that movie, and that, it's great to see her doing more and more um, things like this. And then Kayla Endeavor, she was in Last Man Standing. Yeah, it's a great show. I really like it. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, um, now she's doing this, and... Just fantastic movie all the way around. It's a great chemistry. Go see it when it comes out, please. please. Okay. Um, I really did enjoy this film. I related to it because, like, um, in my high school like uh, years, I mainly focused on school instead of having fun. 
I feels like that. I feel like that's what made me kind of like an outcast from like everyone at my high school. And uh, I wish I got out. Oh, I wish I had more fun like the girls in these did. I mean, in the, this film did. And um, it was really funny. Like there were multiple. I mean, every scene got a laugh out of me. But like there was the where there are a lot of few scenes that made me just like almost lose breath because I was laughing too hard. Like there's this one main scene where I can't give too much away. It's like has to do with um, a car and a speaker. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't get away with that. But that oh, was my funny. favorite scene in the entire movie. And it's really, really funny. Why am I doing that today? Really? Uh, anyway. But yeah, I definitely recommend this film. Check it out when it comes out um, this summer, I guess. Uh, it comes out May... 25th, right? 24th. 24th. And I will definitely see this movie again. Yeah, this is going to be... I feel like this is going to be this generation's, like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, right. This is... 100%. This is the movie for that high school generation. And, man, like, Kaylin, Kaylin Dever and Beanie Feldstein, their characters, Amy and Molly, have great chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even in, during the Q&A, they were just, like, cheering each other on, and it was really, really uplifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was watching this, I had, like, really small nitpicks, but then the day after, I was just thinking, I was like, none of that really matters. It's, um... Yeah, Caitlin Deaver is absolutely amazing in this movie. I think she has a really good subplot that you don't get to see in too many high school. Or mm-hmm. it's coming, I guess, more and more common in high school. It's an LG. Uh, it's, she's a lesbian in this movie, and it kind of explores that. And I think they did that really well. Yeah. Beanie Feldstein also amazing, and their chemistry. Mm-hmm. You can tell that they're really great friends. They, they've even said that they're best friends outside of the shoot, and you could tell through the movie. It didn't seem like they were even acting. It was just like. They're just, you know, they're just really good friends and they just happen to be on screen. But it's outside of the two of them, everyone else in the cast is really great. And I don't really know any of the names of any of the other people in this film, but there is no character in this film that just feels like, you know, comic relief, just like has no reason to be there just to have a few laughs. Every single character in this film has a meaning. Every single character is also funny and every single character feels real. And including... um, even the supporting characters. We have Jason Sudeikis, who was very funny throughout the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. um, Will Forte and Lisa Kudrow were a nice surprise in there as um, um, Caitlin Deaver's parents. And um, I forget the name of the, the, guy, uh, the, the pizza guy. Oh, yeah. Michael, oh, Brian. Oh, Michael Brian. Michael Brian. Yeah. That was when, so funny. And um, he came in, like, yeah. the entire audience was like, they were like, <laughs> and they were like, just like cheering him on. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know who he was. And like, like, when he comes in the film, like, he, you get a laugh out of him, but, like, there are certain plot points in the film that relate to this character where it's just, like, oh, shoot, that's actually really dark. Yeah. yeah. So, this movie... I also movie, really like Jessica Renee Williams, um, she their, their English teacher. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, saved them. She the was end. good. Mm-hmm. She was good, too. Um, yeah, just fantastic acting throughout, a really, really good screenplay, um, and good directing from Olivia Wilde. I'm... Excited to see what she does in the future. Um, but this has an amazing cast. I hope everyone in this cast gets recognized, especially Caitlin Deaver and also Beanie Feldstein. Um, if you also, if you don't know, Caitlin Deaver was in this movie called um, 12, Short Term 12, which has Lakeith Stanfield, Brie Larson, um, uh, the girl from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and a whole bunch of other great up-and-coming actors who've all risen. So I hope she... I hope this is her tentpole to become a big movie star because she is very talented mm-hmm. and she's been in a lot of great films. Oh, and also Beanie Feldstein. It felt like she, I did. I loved her um, 
performance in this, and uh, I feel like she would be a future uh, member on SNL, or like a future member of SNL, or like just being in more comedic pro projects. So like, I hope she. I see. Yeah, she's she's funny enough to be a comedic movie star. She's hilarious. Both of them. Almost any. Almost everyone in this cast is good enough to be they're the star of their own movie. They're guaranteed but, for success. Ryan, what would you give this film? A plus. A plus. A plus. An A plus here. Um, a low A plus. A 97. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. A middle A plus for mm -hmm. me. But yeah, that's a great Four. film. I hope everyone gets to see it. I hope it doesn't just, you know, go like under the radar. And I hope it gets recognized for screenplay um, at the Academy Awards next year. I really think it's that good. Mm -hmm. Everything about, and I hope Caitlin Deaver gets recognized, but she won't because Academy Awards are stupid. But and not for uh, kids' choice is, awards. Yeah, but, no. but this movie's really, really good, and that was the end of our South by experience. Mm -hmm. um, we had a lot of fun. We got to see a lot of great stuff, and yeah, for Ryan, Andrew, and Chase, uh, my name is David, and goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>